Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. When we aren't afraid of death, we are less afraid of life. From these episodes, I aim for all of us to take more risks in our lives, go after our dreams, have great relationships, and some fun in the process. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international bestseller, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And I'm thrilled today to introduce you to a new friend of mine, and her name is Cheryl Glick. And the way I found out about the phenomenal Cheryl is I was asked to be on her radio show, which is called Healing From Within. So in just matter of moments, I knew I loved this lady and that you guys had to meet her. Cheryl is a certified Reiki master teacher. She's an energy healer and she's a spiritual medium. Cheryl's out to help heal and inspire people, people that are suffering from illnesses, people experiencing grief over the death of a loved one, or other seemingly insurmountable challenges that our lives present. Cheryl's the author of the book, The Living Spirit, and Life is No Coincidence, The Life and Afterlife Connection. And I was also overcome with emotion when I read that she's been a long-time hospice volunteer. You may have heard me say that my dad spent some time in hospice, and it's a very special kind of person that works with people in hospice. So Cheryl Glick, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Well, hello, Sandra. Hello. And I'm so happy to be here. I'm happy to hear your voice. And as everybody knows, I'm coming from Massachusetts. Well, you may not know that. This might be your first episode. But I live just north of Boston, and I, it's a bright, sunshiny day. And you are in New York, correct? Yeah. And my daughter went to Boston University, so I spent a lot of time up there. It's quite beautiful. Yeah, it's a nice area. And even though we are... Not too, too far apart. I, I love how we can connect our missions, our what we're up to, and um, it doesn't matter how far apart we are, we can still get the message across. Yeah, and we can share our energy and our joy yeah. with or without this phone. Correct, correct. So a little bit about you. Um, were you always into the field of energy, medium, Reiki? Did you have a career well, that's before a, that's that? That's a great question, and that's a very telling question, because Uh-oh. no, I was not. Okay. I was the type of gal who would, when people would talk about angels or life after death, I would say, well, that's very nice, but um, I'll catch up with you later. Oh, yeah. Because I had no no inclination along those lines. I had no training. I did not come from a family who believed in an afterlife. I was a sensitive child, and I was intuitive, but I never thought that's exactly what was going on. I just thought I was a hard worker, and I was, thank God, intelligent, and uh, that good thoughts were coming to me because I was figuring it out with my mind and my logic. But I was always receiving. I was always receiving inspiration and thoughts and then I would act on them because they appeared to be great, and I would have success. I now realize I was always in alignment to spirit, and I was receiving information from souls, loved ones, guides, teachers, angels, all those other energy beings beyond this life plane, 
How, and uh, how did you that, make the bridge, though? Because it's you know it's one thing to look back and go, oh well, aha, that's why I was that kind of kid because I actually had that. Mm-hmm. But what happened to you that all of a sudden you started realizing this world, that the spiritual world exists? Well, I would say I was having a midlife crisis. I actually was feeling a bit of pain in my heart. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it wasn't a physical pain. It was a pain that something was missing. And if this was all there was to life, then it wasn't enough. Because I had everything. I had two children, a home. I was successful in my career. My husband was an attorney. I traveled. There was really, and I had my my parents. Both my parents were alive. So something. I started to ask that question, what are we really here to do? Mm. And all of a sudden, new people and teachers started appearing. And this is about 20 years ago. Isn't it funny how that happens? When you start asking the questions, all of a sudden things start opening up. Yeah, I was just living life like everyone else, being very concerned with the outside world and (laughs) what I I had to do because of societal training and the mores and values of our culture. What was your um, career? Well, I started out as as a teacher, Uh an elementary school teacher. But I had studied philosophy and English in, uh, for my master's degree. Mm. And also, I was a bit interested in religion, not from the belief system, but how it came to be and why people believe things that were man-made. Because I had this sense that we could personally connect to God, and God was more a personal discipline. Right. And so I was interested in learning about all these things. I was looking for answers even before I was aware of the questions. Interesting. So uh, the question goes back to what happened 20 years ago? So Cheryl, what happened 20 years ago? (laughs) Yeah, what happened? And it was kind of a biggie. And so I I was sick with the flu and uh, very sick. And I had, after a week, Uh gone to the doctor because I wasn't getting better. And he said, well, it just takes a long time to run its course. Just go home and continue to rest. Okay. So I went home and I, I fell into a very uncomfortable sleep because I, I, I had pain in my body and, mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, whatever. I, so while I was sleeping, I felt an energy by my side and I couldn't see who it was, but then I knew it was my grandfather. I could feel him. And he was trying to talk to me, and he said, you have to write something for your father. But I couldn't hear him the way you and I are talking now. Mm-hmm. I sensed in an entire thought what he said, and I had no idea what it m- meant. And I went downstairs, and I got myself a cup of tea, and I tried to think what had actually happened because it didn't feel like a dream. And I could remember it. So a few years went by, and through a coincidence, which are really not coincidences, they're messages and guidance from our loved ones in spirit, helping us to find our way along our path and destiny. So there was a coincidence. I was at a Broadway show with my daughter, and she said to me, you know, I have this new writer. She's an agent. 
uh, for books, getting books published. Wow. And and she said, I have this new writer, John Edward, and his book is One Last Time. You should read it. And a thought went through my head very strongly. Read that book. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I didn't know that thought was coming from spirit. I, I just said, okay, I'll read that book. And I did. And at one point it described a spiritual visitation where someone, a loved one, comes and tries to help you because they love you and they want to make sure that um, they can help in some way for you to weather a storm that might be happening or a trauma that might be coming your way. So I realized I didn't have a dream. I had a spiritual visitation. My grandfather had come the night before my dad passed and prepared me and let me know that I would have to write something. And the very next day after that spiritual visitation, my father passed. I I got a phone call from my mom, and, and and at the time I didn't realize what it all meant. But I did write his eulogy, as had been suggested. And later on, I wrote the book, Life is No Coincidence, The Life and Afterlife Connection. Right. That's what I was really intended to do. That's what my grandfather was telling me would happen in the future. And it takes time to put together the pieces of our lives. Uh, each, each, each experience is part of our destiny and our learning to refine our soul, our inner being, our, our life force, which is eternal, to know who we are and to remember uh, that we are the sparks of spirit and God, or the divine or universal source, whatever you wish to call it. And it is a creative and expansive force that is eternal, always changing, as we are always, always changing as human beings and as spiritual beings. That's beautiful. And we're so always such in such a hurry to to know the things, answers. To know the answers, to think we should have been somewhere else. And when I found out all my evidence that life after death was real, it was literally ten well not quite ten years before I wrote the book. But I just wasn't ready. I mean it just well, that's the key. And, and some, I was just thinking about this today. Why did it take so long before I could develop this gift of healing and mediumship? Yes. Why couldn't I do it? I, it was there. The potential for it was there when I was a child. But I realize, and everyone out there listening should realize too, everything that's happening to us is part of a plan to overcome karma from past life experiences and there are past lives or reincarnation which is a thought that has been around as long as time has been around yes because people sense within themselves that one life is not long enough for the soul to experience and enjoy the physical world nor is it long enough to continue to expand and become more and more of a divine loving and compassionate and eternal source because we like the source we come from the bits and pieces of that divine energy all together return after we pass and once again are unified in that oneness and the beauty and the peace and the harmony and balance and we're here 
in this physical life to remember that essence of ourself so that we can learn to love and enjoy life and not be so afraid of the physical aspect. Oh, fear is a killer. How did oh, you yeah. how did you make the transition from reading John Edwards' book to then being a medium? Because <laughs> sure. that so, that's pretty so, wild. Okay. Well, that's very interesting because I didn't know what to do because now I read the book and I knew my fa- my grandfather had come to me in a spiritual presence or a dream, dream visit, the same thing. And I said, well, where is he living now? How, do, how did he come to me this time? Never before in 35 years, but now. And how can I talk to him again or anyone else in spirit for that matter? What does this all mean? And I was off on a journey. Mm-hmm. This was a journey to understand spiritual communication, to understand energy, to understand what our true life force was which is our soul, our essence, our life force, this energy, which comes from the divine or spirit or source. And at the time of birth into a physical realm, it connects. So we are two things. We are this spiritual energy or force that is eternal, and we are this physical being, which is mortal. Yes, temporary. Temporary. A place for us to call home while we explore our inner being or our soul. And I didn't know this. I didn't know this. Even when I had that dream with my grandfather telling me I must write something for my father, I really couldn't put it together. So then I read, so then I, all right, I I had to meet John Edward because I didn't know any mediums and I didn't know anyone who could help me start to explore this and I started to go to libraries and bookstores and start to read but it wasn't enough I really needed a teacher well I had a girl um, who was my dental hygienist her name was Janet and I went to her after my mother passed so this is six six years after my father passed Mm -hmm. and I had that dream it's six it was six years And I went to Janet, and I said, you know, my mother just passed. I haven't really been able to do everything you like me to do with my teeth. No, with my teeth. That's funny. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I really couldn't do all this because I've been very busy. Right. And my mother was also in hospice Hmm. at the end. So I, I, I saw how well she was cared for, and that's why I eventually did hospice volunteer work. To develop my mediumship and also to help other people who were so afraid of dying. Because I knew now there was no death. It was just a transformation, transition to another form of life. So I was no longer afraid. And um, we got back to, so Janet, I told her that my mother had just passed. And And then she said to me, well, my mother passed when I was 19. And I couldn't phantom losing the parents so young because I had been fortunate enough to have my parents longer. So I said, Janet, there's a book you can read that will make you feel much better. And I said, One Last Time by John Edward. And she laughed and she said, I grew up in the same town with him. I've been to him for readings many times. Uh And with that, that, (laughs) she took out a pad and she wrote down the phone number and she said on the first Monday of 
any month, you can try to get through this way. Well, it took me two months to get through. And then there was a voice message, and they said, well, send in $25, and you can be on our mailing list and receive information. Well, that was a start, so Mm -hmm. I did that. And the first newsletter that came in to me had a story of Cheryl with her grandfather. I said, I must be on the right track. Sounds similar to my story. Definitely. And, And then the next newsletter that came in, was advertising a spiritual week in Barbados, a psychic spiritual development week. Wow. And I had been told by a medium at Christmas time, right after my mom had passed, that I would be going on a trip with another woman in May. And I had said to this medium, I don't think so because I just lost my mother and I had to cancel a trip to Italy and I don't think I'm going away for a while. And sure enough, when I saw that spiritual week in May in Barbados with John Edward and a host of other mediums, I knew I had to go. Sure. It was that simple. It was a calling. It was a way. I don't know if at that time I saw it that way or I just wanted Mm -hmm. to go because I was curious. But I see it now as parts of the puzzle and the plan Definitely. for helping me and my destiny so I could help myself and others to learn this greatest truth, which is we don't die. Right. We are eternal souls. We are immortal. And that's where I guess all these special shows on television right now are coming from, because many people are awakening. They're waking up from the walking dead mentality which is just surviving in the physical world and looking to survive in our essence, in the lightness and brightness of our inner beauty. And those things we talked about, Sandra, integrity and honesty Mm -hmm. and passion for life and joy in life and love. Do you remember, Cheryl, the first person that you did a medium reading on that you could see their loved one around them? And you were accurate, or one of the beginning ones? Yes, I, I can. I can. It was a very powerful one. Can you share it with us without names? Of yes. Of course. Well, I was downstairs in my office. I had a Reiki practice at the time. And, and can you... Uh, which is energy healing. Yeah, I is, wanted you to say, yeah. Cause... Well, let me, yeah, let me just say, uh, Reiki is an ancient energy healing art. It's maybe three to 4,000 years old from the East. It's a Japanese t- technique, but energy healing is done in every, every country in the world. Sometimes it's called spiritual healing. Mm-hmm. It is a way for a practitioner who has been attuned to this higher energy or spirit to uh, transfer or download this intelligent, loving energy of source through their body and transmit it to another person to help the other person release blockages or any thought patterns that might be holding them back from reaching their full potential or the reason they were born, Mm -hmm. the reason their spirit came here to have a physical life. So I had just started in my practice and I was starting to get messages for people while I did the energy healing. And then, of course, I was in a developmental group with a teacher of mine for a couple of years, which helped me further develop 
my clairvoyance and my clairsentience and my clairaudience. And I do get messages in many different ways, not always the same way. Different. It's always different. So there was a man standing there, and one of the girls who worked at the desk said to him, you should go to Cheryl. He had just lost his son. Oh, boy. Son was 23 years old. And he and he, she said, you should have a Reiki healing session. And with that, he, he booked an appointment. And I said, oh, wow, this is going to be hard because he had just lost his son. Sure. It had just happened. And I was told by other mediums it's good to wait a little while till people have gone through the grief process because they won't be receptive to hearing what you have to say. Mm. So I did. So I did the reading before he came, and then. What, what um, do you mean? You did the reading before he came. Well, I sat. He he arranged a, an appointment, and I before he came sat in meditation. Okay. And down and mentioned his name, and then downloaded whatever information came. So I do that. I do the reading prior to a person coming, and then uh, we do we go over the the messages. And the messages are always part of what's going to go on in the healing session where the person lies on the table and I play some lovely soft music. Mm -hmm. And we go into a meditative state and the energy flows. And the energy helps the body to relax so they can release what is no longer necessary for them and also begin to perceive things in a way that might work for them better at this time. I I ask that question only because... Um, you know the subtitle of my book is A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. So I'm always listening in from the point of view of it. could it be something else. And and I know that um, when I first started mediumship, people thought that somebody was just reading my mind. And by you saying that that, a, that guy wasn't even there and you were meditating. No, I can read and, someone in Venezuela. Yeah, correct. So and, it's energy. Yeah. And, so not, not only is it the energy of... I've, thought about this long and hard uh-huh. over the last 20 years. Not only is it the energy of the person which gives off information about what's going on with them physically mm-hmm. and emotionally and spiritually, but it is guides in spirit who work with us. Could be teachers, could be could be a soul, a grandparent, it could be it could be an angel. And they are helping send in the messages also. So a psychic receives information basically from the physical body of the person. And a medium receives information from this higher connection to those out of a body. Very, very cool. And I also wanted to just back up a little when you said Reiki. I remember years ago I went for, I had gotten an all-day spa retreat thing. And I could pick from all these different massages I wanted to get. And I wanted something and the lady wasn't available, but they said, we can put you in Reiki. And I said, what the heck is that? And um, and and they described it kind of similar to you. And this was long before my book, or I was into this. And I thought, yeah, right. And so I I didn't go in with any intention except for let me see what the heck this is. And I just want to share because I don't know what like physically happened within me. 
but I knew that at one point I had my eyes closed and this woman's hands were over my belly mm-hmm. and I opened my eyes because I thought she had some kind of a hot pad or something <laughs> and it was so hot that I was going to ask her to turn it down because it yeah. was uncomfortable. Your body was releasing. But she, all yeah. she had was her hands over me. And well, let me like, tell you that. This oh. is really funny. So then I knew Reiki was something, you know, it was in that moment that I'm like, worldly. There, there's, there's something here. <laughs> you know, one time I was working on a person, also it was at the beginning when I first started my practice, and I simply put my hands at the side of the woman's head. Not touching. Mm-hmm at the side of her head and she also opens her eyes and she was angry and she said to me what do you have in your hands that are vibrating like that yeah and i said that is your energy so it's Just trying amazing. to relax and open up and release and when she saw nothing was in my hands she was able to, to sure. try again uh, but yeah, people want explanations. Oh, but it, it how helps. How can this happen? But it I, helped I, me. I myself didn't understand how it could but it, happen. I don't need to understand. But what did help me is that I knew there was something more than meets the eye. So yes. go back to your story now. So you you're meditating. All right. So this so this before man the came man to kept, me. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. His son had just died. All right. And 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 the first thing I said to him was, uh, "Your son was with two other." guys, boys, to me they were boys, in a car near the water. And he said that's how he died, in a car with two of his friends by the water. And then I went on, and then I went on to say, I saw his son dancing in orange lights, but it wasn't, it was like he was on these two logs, rolling on the water, and because it, I didn't know it was dancing, he's standing on two logs and he's rolling and uh, in orange lights. And he said to me, well, my son used to go to these nightclubs and he had a routine where he, he used orange lights for his dance routine. Wow. And I said, he enjoyed life so much. He was so passionate about living life and he wants you to know he's still living life he's he's up there he's still dancing he's in light and and it it just continues and i i continued to tell him different things things that had happened at the funeral that i could not have known no and about his desire to have um lived upstate because he loved the outdoors that's why i guess the logs came and he was dancing on the logs in the outdoors. Like, what do you call those people? The loggers of long yes. ago who used to take the down trees down the water. Right, you know? right. So he, he, he loved that outdoor life. And, uh, and the father started to cry oh. because he really wasn't ready to let him go. And he really, even though my messages helped him know that I had received something from another time and place or space, because I couldn't know this information, he still wanted to hold on to the fact that that the boy was gone and he couldn't see him. And I said, he's just in another room. There's a doorway. 
and I'm able to open that doorway for him to get this message through to you mm-hmm. to let you know he's okay, and you will see him again. It's it's it, it, you know we're all going to the same place, and it doesn't matter what time we leave this life, whether young or old. If we have accomplished our mission, whatever that was, whether it was to experience greater love or to help another human being uh, through an illness or to share a story in a book, whatever we we chose to come to this life to do, it, when that happens, we have completed our, our mission. And, and I think on one level he understood it, but on another level he just was angry and he wanted his son to be here in the physical world. Oh, yeah. Well, grief does that no matter what we believe. And I... I don't want to put words in your mouth, but even though I believed in life after death and I had done all the research, you know, when my dad died, it, it just pulled the rug from underneath me and tore me apart. It's like I, I, um, you know, we, we suffer from Sandra, were you, that. Were, were you, when your dad died, were you, were you aware of all these things we're talking about or was it before? I was aware. I was aware of it. But You see, when my dad died 20 years ago, I wasn't aware of mm. it, and it, I fell down on the floor crying when I received the call. Remember, I was sick with the flu, Yes. And, and, and the call came in, and I remember my son standing there with a shocked look on his face, and then later when he walked by me, he was about 13, I guess, and he said, Mom, be strong, because right. that's what boys are thought, taught to do sure. in the sense that he saw me, and, and he never saw me fall down on the floor and cry no (laughs) and i was my dad was sick for a long time i knew it would come one day but i was not as aware of the afterlife as i am of course now and it came as a shock because i think no matter what time it comes it is a shock that's something a vital force in your life is is not on this earth any longer even Though I believed in life after death, like I forgot about all that when yes. he died. I was, our bodies have to grieve. We go through this withdrawal process. It's extremely painful, but it is normal. But I do believe that when we believe in life after death, it's a tool that can help us get us through the grieving process faster. Much faster. Yes. But it, there's no turning off grief, and there's no... Um, well, you just pointed something out that was very important for what? our listeners to hear. It is the body that goes through that immense grieving process. The soul already knows yes. the freedom and the truth of where that loved one is. And that's what helps to balance and bring us back from that pit of sadness, which is not good for us. Because these extreme emotions, if we stay in them too long, we cause a disruption to the energy system of our body, the chakra system, which is as as important as the physical organs and body parts and blood system and digestive system. The Mm -hmm. energy system or chakras that support life on this planet are damaged also by extreme emotions. So what we want to do is be like children. 
We want to have these emotions and we want to flow through them and move through them as quickly as possible as possible without holding these thoughts in our mind or ego thoughts and, and, and going over them over and over again and expanding them into um, a way of thinking that becomes a belief or a reality. So we want to feel the emotion. We want to allow ourselves to move through it but we want to do it as quickly as possible and not hold on to it and make it a way of life. Now, I've had people come to me for readings over and over again, and they cannot let go they, of, of their feeling of being connected to the person who's right. not here and their anger and anguish. Now, it's their soul and thought process that needs to change. In a way, it has nothing to do after a while with the person who has passed. It is them making themselves a victim and blaming the world for what has happened. Instead of taking responsibility as a soul, an eternal energy source and force who can create what they need with love and compassion and and a good heart, and let go of that other, I'm going to call it nonsense, because it's the <laughs> chatter of the mind, right? Well, the it's thing... that ego chatter of the mind going on and on and on, building us up into a dramatic state of believing something which is only an illusion. Yeah, Cheryl. Not real at all. You know, it's interesting because right now, presently, I'm not experiencing grief. But if I was, and I just heard you say that, I might get really pissed off pardon the word. Oh, yeah. Because how can you say that? You don't know what I'm talking about. How can I turn it off? And if anyone right now is experiencing grief, first of all, our condolences with you. I mean, it is the most painful thing ever. Something that Cheryl teaches and that I teach and, you know, I have, um, if you go to survivegrief.com, I have a 70-minute audio just about grief. There's something when, and then I know Cheryl's got tools as well. I'll connect you with her um, websites and things as, as well. But when you understand what's going on in your body and mind, you understand, like I said, grief is very, very painful, but there's parts of it are, that are very normal. Thoughts of guilt, anger, rage, um, repeating things over in your mind over and over and over, denial, you know, thinking you see somebody that's passed away even though they're gone. You know, there's so many things, even as far as what we think. And the reason I want to give everybody that information is once you all of a sudden read that this happens, this happens, you're going to be prone to thinking a guilty thought over and over and over. These different things you might, it'll give you a little freedom that that's not me. There's nothing wrong with me. My body is going through this natural process. And it's at that moment when you can understand that this is the ride you're on and not a yes, pleasant but, one. But Sandra, there, there comes a time when we need to let go. Oh, no, I'm, I'm 100% with you. What I wanted to say is when you can understand what's normal, then you can say, I need to let go of it. I'm not going to be trapped in this. Right. And I'm That's not going to be a victim yeah. of it. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, it makes me very sad, yeah. actually, when, when I see how, sometimes how much help is offered to a person from different members uh, and different practitioners, psychologists, psychiatrists, yeah. energy practitioners, mediums, all working to support a person in understanding who they are as an energy being 
an eternal being and a physical being and, and, and allowing them to spend the time they have in life joyfully after they go through the grieving process. Right. But it, it is, we do not want it to become a way of life. And I think there's people like you and me and, you know, we joined arms with a whole bunch of other people that, you know, and I say this playfully, whether you believe in God, the universe, whatever, that the powers that be came together and said, hey, folks, listen, it's, it's, it's time. Everybody, there's so much pain on planet Earth. It's time for, for us to let them know who they really are. And so we have those of us who are out here sharing, trying to make a difference, having help people heal. And ultimately, you know, it's not a, um, it's not a circus act. I mean, this is the real deal. This is when you believe, when you can experience, when you can have some tools, your quality of living life now is improved. The joy, the fun, the, you know, yes, there's going to be tough times as well, but putting it all into perspective and having a great life. I'm sure, I'm sure you agree from your experiences, uh, many, 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 many people die, close their eyes the last time here on earth with pain, regret, the should-haves, shouldn't-haves, the undelivered communications, the regrets. And what would it be like to have, you know, to take some of this advice and even in the face of pain, have a life that you know the last time we close our eyes we look back and we went wow i really went for it and of course well, we you all know have you mistakes, know i but... i think that's why a lot of souls come through a medium mm-hmm. to reach their loved ones here on earth i think they have unresolved and unfinished business and they want to show the love and and they want forgiveness sometimes from yeah. someone that they've heard here. And they also want to continue to learn and share experiences with us because they're not in the body, but they're still, they're still learning. They're still growing and they're still expanding in life. Um, that reminds me of a time I did a reading and I had a woman and, um, and she wasn't present when her father died and she felt very guilty about it. And, uh, he came through, he was standing at a desk, he was very tall, and he had peppermints in his pocket, and I, I, she immediately told me that was her dad, he was an accountant, he had a big desk, he worked a lot of hours, and he was tall, and he always had peppermints when he left the house. Oh, funny. So, so then she started to cry, and she said, can you ask him something? And I said, well, sometimes I put the thought out, and yes, they show a response because they want to help us get past any um, upset that we have about them or with them, and they want forgiveness, and they want to be forgiven if there's anything that they've done. So she asked me, she said, I wasn't there when he died. Mm. Would you ask him if he forgives me? And with that, he showed himself as a clown, juggling those pins with a smile on his face and bubbles of light over him. And I said to her, he's telling you, of course he forgives you. He enjoyed all his time with you and and the time he took you to the circus and you were laughing and he wants you to remember that it doesn't matter that you weren't able to be there or even if you were in conflict at the time he passed he remembers you with love 
and there will always be that love in the universe. And sometime when you meet up with him beyond here, you will feel it again. Oh, something sweet happened to me yesterday that I think is appropriate to share. Um, Many of us connect with mediums to get to our deceased loved ones, but to remember they're all around you. And I had a medium come on this show a couple of months back, and he said to me, he says, your father's with you, and he really wants you to talk to him, use him, have a dialogue with him, you know, put put a thought out, and then just see what comes back, quiet your mind and see what comes back, but know that he's your partner and what you're up to, and I listened to him, and I'm like, yeah, all right, you know, but I didn't do anything about it. Well, about a month later, the guy calls me, he says, your dad's back in my ear saying you're still not talking to him and and uh i'm listening like oh okay you know and i found that to be kind of funny so yesterday i was in a a a limousine with a woman we were both guests on a um george norrie's beyond belief television show so i was coming back from denver and i'm in the car with this woman and she's psychic and she says you know forgive me but she says i've got to tell you something and she says, you know, your dad, it was his name, John. And I says, yeah. She says, well, he's telling me that you're still not talking to him. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. Oh, my that, gosh. You know, it's so funny that you just brought that up. Because just this morning, I was thinking how I was told by a medium a very, very long time ago that Ira, he was my first boyfriend, mm-hmm. and he was around me and he said to me you don't you can talk to me and get messages the same way you're doing it for everyone else right and my father too i don't i don't try to get messages from my relatives and loved ones i only do it for other people and you're just telling me the same thing that it is possible to tune into them anytime we want and i was also told by another medium that you could connect to any historical person or if you were interested in developing um, a new talent or business here and you wanted to have more information from someone who was an expert, who was in spirit, you that I could meditate and I could connect to those energies. Of course we can because it's the same principle. They're just energy. They're all around us. And if we tap into them with questions and with intent to learn something, they'll be available to us. I have a deep question for you, girlfriend. Yep. <laughs> okay, so I want to connect with um, Albert Einstein, say. You can do it. But what if he's already reincarnated and he's come back? You can still do it because I have discovered this, that I believe that the past, present, and future are all swirling energy happening at the same time. There is no time and space beyond here. So while we're in this physical moment, you and I talking, the future and the past still exist. And all of our energy is not in one place. So part of our energy can be up there in spirit and part of our energy can be in this moment or perhaps in a parallel life also. This is a possibility. Um, Mind-blowing and I find it really possible delicious like oh <laughs> hard to get my head around so think about that i mean w- cool. who was the spiritual figure who was seen in in lords yeah 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 there, there was a, i'm not 
quite sure of this story, but I've heard it. There was someone who was seen in one place and was present in another place at the same time. That's wild Part of the soul, part of the energy can project itself. And, 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 you know, by being nature of being, well, a human being, most of us live with what we can see, touch, smell, hear, uh, taste that's reality but and we, and we have here on earth gravity but when we think that there are literally billions upon billions of um, stars and planets and things like that in the universe mm-hmm. that actually act with different uh, rules of the road without gravity without h2o without you know different mm-hmm. but very real and just to get our heads around even though we can't understand it from our perspective and trust that there's such a much bigger force at play that these things are possible and if anybody wants to delve into the world of a little bit of the quantum physics and um, there's a great movie called what the bleep do we know Mm -hmm. and in a very regular kind of conversation it's what's really happening in the world of quantum physics and science and put into kind of layman's terms that it's well, what is quantum physics again quantum physics is the study of energy energy mm-hmm. energy and yes. everything is energy oprah said that everything is energy. And, and it's true you, you break any particle we see in front of us into its tiniest form and like i've got a coffee table in front of me you know if i break it down into its tiniest form it's no longer a coffee table it's invisible vibrating energy this mm-hmm. isn't woo woo stuff this is reality yes. so there's science no... and spirituality religion yep and the arts music dance everything that moves us through energy with the feeling of being elated and the beauty of life is the truth of who we are as these eternal spiritual beings yes we need the other emotions too on the negative end to balance the positive so we can really understand both and come back into balance in harmony in the middle without one you cannot experience the other without competition you cannot experience cooperation. For a long time, I was on every show talking a great deal about cooperation. As evolved citizens, we need to be more cooperative and unified and see, you know, the goodness and, and going towards the future, um, uniting everybody instead of having war and all right. kinds of other neg- disease and all kinds of negative happenings. But I see now that it's really all necessary. Without competition, you would not push yourself to do more. Mm-mm, correct. And then if it's not extreme, if it's only to help yourself improve for your own self-development and not doing anything to harm another person or soul, then it's okay. It's only when things get to the extreme where you become so involved in your fears and the fears of surviving in this physical reality that you do things that are harmful, that you've lost the balance between cooperation and competition. So as long as you're in balance and you know it is your personal journey and your personal need to develop every spiritual gift you have. And when I mean spiritual gift, that's everything we do in this world. If you love music or athletics or art or um, ballet, what, whatever it is, that is a spiritual gift because you are being inspired by that highest source right. or force of life. So everything we do, everything we enjoy 
is a downloading of those above who who wish us to know things to to bring us joy and have us rise up and yes. soar above the physical reality which is challenging the physical world is a challenging world beautiful world but, but still, challenging but challenging cheryl i'm it's looking awesome. at the clock and our time has come to an end but oh, I know. You could go on and well, on. Well, you know what? You'll come back. I know you will because you're just fabulous. And um, thank and, you so and much. I really, really thank you because I, I put my own life at stake in every one of these interviews. You know, how does this apply to me and where I am and to give me some tools to go forward. And just for me really getting right now that exactly where I am at is fine. Um, it's perfect. I agree. Where we are is. And, right for everyone. and now we've got a new door that's opening and we can choose to step through it or not um, use some of the advice or not um, but be prepared all of us you know when we start taking new actions that we haven't done before and even kind of creeping into our fears and and doing some of the things we're afraid of that's when we have new new results in our life and we have new action and new you just never know what can happen. I think miracles can occur on the other side of our comfort zone. They're happening all the time. Yeah. So with that, I want to um, just thank everybody for listening and thank my wonderful guest, Cheryl Glick. And anyone who wants to go to wedontdieradio.com, you'll see a picture of Cheryl and there'll be a, definitely a link to this episode so you can share it or hear it again. Cheryl's website, Cheryl is spelled with an S for Cheryl, S-H-E-R-Y-L-G. L I C K dot com. That's Cheryl Glick. And then, like I said, on we don't die radio dot com, you can see her. You can, I'll have a, or I do have an active link to her website and her Facebook page and everything else she offers and to her book. And I hope today's really made a difference for you. And I have a, a gift that I want to give to our, you who's listening right now. Um, if you want a copy of my book, we Don't Die, which really goes into great detail on grief, on all the life after death stuff that I've done that no one's ever interviewed me on all of it because it would take a little long time to listen or read. Um, and also just some of those tools about having a powerful life. For you, just because you listen to this episode only, I haven't done this ever before. But if you do go to wedontdieradio.com, there's something that's called the Insiders Club. And I'm going to put a PDF file copy of my book in there for you to read and to use as a resource and a guide. And that's my gift to you. And I just ask, you can share it with somebody who's grieving or who needs it, but you know, not to just sell it or put it out public for people. Uh, that's an integrity thing for me. So in closing, I found something about um, Cheryl's book. And I think this is a quote from Cheryl. But if it's not, Cheryl, I love it anyways. Um, it says, we can find joy in the knowledge that what comes from the spirit goes back to the spirit in a form of consciousness that survives way beyond our physical death our lives our experiences and all that surround us surrounds us are part of a divine plan and at the end of the day we are not alone 
So this is Sandra Champlain. I've been your host on We Don't Die Radio. I truly believe and know that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So look around you right now. You can't see them, but you've got an invisible group of people that are here for you to have a powerful, great life. So thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.